Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. This is Robin Crane here with Angie Forbotten LaRossi from Avia Financial Planning. I'm so glad I totally nailed that. <laughs> you did. So I, I kind of am thinking of you, Angie, as kind of like the you know, p- people typically say the the girl next door, but I'm kind of thinking of you as the mom next door um, where, you know, you, you think about your kids, you have kids now, you said one's in college, one's in high school. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, been married for how long? 21 years. Did you say to your kindergarten sweetheart? Yes. <laughs> That's where you guys holding hands, like going, walking to the swings and stuff. Um, and you've been in the financial business since 2006. You're a CFP. Um, you run your own RAA since this one, since 2017. And I know um, before we started kind of rolling, you talked a lot about how you just sticking through it was really important to you so that you can truly design your financial businesses to support your life. So yeah. tell us a little about just like briefly, because I want to get into kind of the, the good stuff, but I guess this is good stuff too. But the gist of how you got to the decision of owning your own firm, because not everybody necessarily wants that, but but the importance to you to owning your own firm and doing the business the way that you've chosen to do it. Well, uh, as I mentioned, this is actually the second time that I've tried to do this. So the first time was right when I first got my CFP back in 2011. And I, I ran just a planning only practice part-time basically while I was working part-time for another RIA. And I did that primarily at that time to just spread my wings and kind of build my own confidence because I just, yeah, I felt like I needed to do that. I felt like I needed to have that um, position of decision-making and control and having all that responsibility for the client relationship on me to grow as an advisor and grow in my confidence. And just the way things worked out, I ended up shutting down that business after about three years. I went full time for the, the financial advisor I worked for. But I could see the writing on the wall that my future there was very limited. Uh, we weren't really growing much and I was not being considered in a position for like ownership or succession plan or anything like that. So again, it became just more apparent to me that I needed to once again, go out on my own. And I did in 2017. And so why did I do that? I, I just felt that this is such a fantastic career. I mean, for starters, it is, it is a helping profession. It is something that you can literally transform people's lives and make their lives their best life, right? At the same time, I want to make my life my best life as well. And so I just felt like by combining the two, I, I could do I could do anything really. And it allowed me to control my time, um, to build in flexibility so that, you know, my kids were getting older. They were in their teens. Now they're 18 and 20. I saw that day coming when I was no longer going to be driving them around everywhere and, you know, doing the things that moms do when they're quite little. I could see that that day in the future. And I just wanted to have this 
to support my basically my next stage in life, you know, post mom, full time responsibility type thing. And and yet also have the kind of income that I wanted to have. I, I have a personal goal of actually trying to replace the household income so that my husband can perhaps be the stay at home dad, you know, even though our kids aren't little anymore, but we, I want that flexibility and I want to be able to travel, you know, our, our profession, we can do things remotely. We can see the world, um, especially after this last year, you know, we're, we've been in this lockdown for so long and, and it just really causes people, me in particular to reflect and think about what really is important. And is the things that we're doing supporting what we really want to be achieving in our lives? So, and I feel like I do this for my clients. So I, I should be doing it for myself as well. And that's what I'm building. Got it. So, so what's most important to you about like that design? Like, what is it that you want? I mean, I know you said a lot about flexibility and freedom, um, but I know again, we just started recording and we were talking a little bit before we started recording and you started to get emotional. What were you what were you thinking about when, when you got emotional about that? Like, what is, why is this so important to you? Because I saw it and I didn't, I didn't want to go deep before I started recording, but tell, tell, tell me and the listeners about why this is so important to you and, and, and what it is that you're thinking about when you think about this as kind of an emotional thing for you. Yeah. So I'm going to collect myself again. I think, you know, you just start, I'm, I'm 53. I like to describe myself as mid-century modern, right? So I'm there and I, you just start to reflect. And again, again, with this COVID year, <laughs> what's important? And are you living the life that you want to be living? Did you find yourself, because it's interesting because, you know, with, everything that's happened, like you said, with COVID and everything. I mean, that was last year in 2020 and you, you started this in 2017. So what, what has shifted for you and your focus of, it sounds like it's gotten even more important, like every year that goes by and, and what, what changed for you last year that made this be like become so much more important to, to you, even than it was a few years back. Uh, I, w- I just think that there was so much, taken away this last year. People couldn't travel. People couldn't see loved ones. And so it does, it just, it's really just kind of hits home that there may not be another year ahead. You know, there may not be that time because we all think we're gonna, you know, live forever basically. And, uh, I think you just start to not want to let a job or a business control, you know, everything that, that you're doing, your time and and time. I mean, it's just time and it's such a rare commodity. It's such a valuable resource that uh, I think up until recently, maybe, you know, I was just like on autopilot. You just get up, go to work, take the kids to school, come home, make dinner, you know, it was just like, la, 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 you know, you just kind of get into that routine. And with, uh, with our oldest going on to college, moving out, you know, you start to, to feel those <laughs> big life changes coming. And it just, it, that also kind of caused um, a time for a real faction because 
okay, now one's out of the house to some degree. He came back during COVID. So he's not, he's not really gone. He's back. And, you know, when that second one might go, then it's just the two of us. And so now what are we going to do? <laughs> right? And um, those are big, those are big deals. You know, I can see how when clients get to retirement age that they're kind of concerned about what is that going to even look like? What's that going to feel like for them? And this is not retirement, but I, in some ways I think of this as sort of like a semi glide path into retirement because this is a profession that we can do literally. And I've had people ask me, how long do I plan to do this? It's like, I'm going to do this until I can't anymore or just don't want to, mm -hmm. uh, because I, again, I can dial it down to 10, 10 of my favorite clients if I really needed to, uh, again, to support my life. So I don't know, Robin, those are such good questions. It's just, it's just been, maybe it's a midlife crisis. I don't know. <laughs> Is that part of it? You know, my mid-century well, modern I, I crisis. Love <laughs> I love how vulnerable you're, you're being. And I appreciate it that you're letting me kind of dig in those areas because mm -hmm. not everybody's watching this. Most, most are going to be listening to it and they can't yeah. see, but it can hear your passion and, and hear just the emotion behind it. And I, I, you know, a lot about me, we've worked together, but um, just how important I think it is to be vulnerable and to be willing to share those things because there's someone out there listening right now going, well, she feels that way too. Right. Um, whether it's a quote unquote midlife crisis, or <laughs> just that, you know, the, the circumstances we've been put in with COVID have gotten you and me and everyone to realize how precious life is and family and being able to see people. Um, you know, it, it's a test. It's been a testing time to whether it's, you know, oftentimes I'm talking to people about their business and it's like, how are you going to, how are you going to maneuver through this new normal with, with everything? But what sometimes gets, I think, um, surpassed or, or kind of diminished is the real effect of this, this life that we've been forced upon to be at home, to not be able to often, you know, see the people that we love, you know, I mean, my, my parents, did still visit here and there, you know, during the time, but there was definitely a longer period that they didn't. And right. my brother, um, who's a lot more strict about these things than I am, like he said, you know, we didn't see um, our mom, you know, for, for like a year. And he just had it like my, I have a just turned one-year-old, he has a one and three month old, you know, so like, that's pretty devastating, you know, for my parents to not be able to experience that the way that we used to. And I haven't right. seen, I saw my, my nephew right when he was born. And then I haven't seen him since. So it's definitely like all this stuff. I think I kind of bury a little bit, like it's not that big of a deal because my business will go on. My life will go on. And, and I, I tend to see the positive and everything. And, and I, I do think that there's a lot of amazing growth and amazing opportunity now, especially in business. Yes. But I, I feel that emotion. I think that it's great that you're being real about it because I think there's so many people out there that have been very emotional. It's not just about the changes in business. And most of the women listening, they're trying to grow a financial business or they have financial business, they're trying to sustain it. And that's, yeah. that's, that alone is a stressful thing to deal with and, and to try to navigate through. And then underlying all that, just the emotion of life, life. is <laughs> yeah. a lot as a woman, as a mother, as a business owner, as an everything to everyone. Right. And then another layer are, are those changes that could be happening in your life. Like for you with a lot of transition, you know, getting kind of moving towards the empty nest, nester syndrome right. and all that stuff. So right. what, what kind of advice would you give 
um, the women listening just around how do they design their financial business to really support their life? What are some key takeaways that you got? Cause you, I'm sure have many struggles going from going on your own, going back, supporting these men, which is typical kind of in the industry, but yep. let's start with the advice part. Like what are some things that you learned along the path of how to really design your business to support your life? Yeah, I think the the first and most important thing is to get clear with yourself. What are you trying to do? What do you what's important to you and why and and then build it. And you know, I I listen to a lot of different podcasts and boy, I want to be some of those really aggressive, fast growing 150 million under management type firms. It's not me though. I know that about myself. That is not my goal. It's it's just not. And and so by being clear on what the end result is looking like, it makes it easier for me to know what I'm actually trying to do along the way and who I'm gonna serve the best and what that client looks like and what the services that I'm gonna provide to them. Because again, I'm defining a a very small practice that is very intentional with, with a few clients. And so those really have to be the right fit clients, you know? And I, when you're first starting out, everybody's a right fit client. Right. And, uh, and I'm kind of turned that corner where now I'm getting very selective and I'm being very clear with them that this is, this is how I operate. This is my philosophy. This is my goals. Uh, these are my goals for my clients and it's all about service. It's a, it's a lot on the service side. And I, I think that just, I'll be honest with you. I've worked with you. I've worked with three other business type coaches. So if you're not able to be clear with yourself, you need to get help and and speak to people like Robin Crane and to to whoever can help you get that clarity. Because I, I can tell you, this is not where I started out four years ago, where I'm at today. And so that was a process of, of discovery that many people it takes a tribe, right? It takes takes a village to raise me. <laughs> so all these different influences have helped me grow and to become the advisor that I am and to help me define what it is that I'm actually trying to grow. Awesome. So clarity. Yeah, that's, and, and what's so funny to me is that that's exactly what you're giving your clients. And sometimes it's hard to see what you need being an advisor and being a coach because really an advisor it's so much more than an advisor. You're a coach, you're a therapist, you're, you know, you're, you're a quarterback, you're so many things to so many people, you're a best friend, you know, you're a shoulder to cry on You're, I mean, you're, you're just, again, you go into that woman kind of role, which is why I think women are so much better at this industry, but you're kind of everything to everyone. Like you just want to take care of your babies, your clients, you know, how to yes. make sure they're okay. And there's such a, a strong commitment there. And, um, but we need to give them clarity and that clarity allows them to know where to focus and what to do and what to do next and how to design their life financially, which is really designing their life the way that they want it in lifestyle and, and everything else, health and everything. So That's same good. thing, you know, sometimes we're, we're putting so much attention on everyone else and making sure they're taken care of that. We forget to do that for ourselves. But when it comes down to it, I, I agree with you. The key thing is just clarity. What is it that you want? Um, and, just like I teach you and my other clients, like, what is it that, that you want, or what is it that they want? They don't already have, or that, that they're not confident they're going to get. 
right. what's holding them back to getting there. Like that, there's only two real questions you need to know from someone to know whether or not to work with them, to know whether or not you can help them, to know whether or not you can give them value. What do they want that they don't already have or that they're not confident they're going to get and what's holding them back from getting there. And you're the same. And if I, yeah. you know, whether I'm trying to get a lead, whether I'm trying to close a sale or whether I'm trying to give a ton of value to a client, I always need to know what is it that you want and what's holding you back from getting there. Yeah. And so if you take that and do that for yourself or, you know, with a coach to get clear on that, then it's just one, one step in front of the other and in front of the other, you know, next step, baby step at a time to get there. Um, but I love that you're like, you went through a lot of challenges in order to come to that, to, to just <laughs> believe in yourself enough to say, you know, I'm going to create the life that I want and the business that's going to support my life, not the other way around. So tell, tell, tell me just one of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome, or if you can remember a story or a time where you just felt so shut down that you either wanted to quit, or you never thought you'd get past this hump to be able to run, run your own business the way you're running it now. Can you remember a time? Oh yeah. It's just like the first two years. <laughs> that was a long time period, you know, just, just getting, getting clients and getting paid and knowing how much to get paid and, making enough to cover the bills. And, you know, I, I mentioned I took on credit card debt, right? So getting started was really, really hard. And getting those first clients was really, really hard. And that's where I feel like at this point, I, I have turned the corner. I said, I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm not a millionaire yet, for sure. It's I'm not an overnight success, for sure. But I have stuck with it. And during those first early years, I really felt very alone. I was kind of doing this all by myself. I have peer groups, I have study groups. So I do have people to talk to, but, um, you know, it's kind of lonely and making all these decisions and, and living with the decision you made to take on debt or to borrow from your retirement account was tough. It was really tough, but I really felt strongly that I, I am in this for the long term. This is, this is going to work out. I'm investing in myself. So the money I pulled from, you know, one retirement account is invested in me to grow my business and, and provide for me down the road. So yeah, a lot of sleepless nights there early on for sure. But I, I'm all yeah, better and I now. Can, I can definitely relate to that. And I've, you know, some, some, some of you might've heard just, you know, I was at $1.47,000 in debt and to some, that's an exorbitant amount to others. Right. That's very little because yeah. I don't have rules around it. But for right. me, that was very scary a very scary moment. But like you said, it's never really one moment because how long, you know, was I going into debt and then trying to pay it off and then going into debt and then trying to pay it off. But I think we both had that same thing where we had faith in ourselves Yeah. because um, even I remember one of my, my potential clients, like she, she was considering working with me and she had uh, basically been in the financial industry. She was on this podcast already. Her name is Lisa Chastain, but she had been in the financial industry for three years, been struggling basically because she wasn't making money in the business. She, and she was losing money. I and mean, it was about like an average of $300 a month that she was losing. And over time, over three years, she was also had to support her family. So it wasn't just losing money in the business. She didn't have income. So right. she was pulling like $3,000 a month out of her retirement account yeah. and being a financial advisor and pulling money out of your retirement account or getting in debt is like the most, like feels like the most incongruent thing you could possibly do. Right. And then 
you know, she's telling me these things and she's like, I want to work with you. But there was a part of me that's like, I can't take your money. Like it's the, the end of, of your, you know, your, your retirement. Now it's like the last few dollars left. And, and, you know, I, I don't charge low fees. Like it was definitely like a, a, a stretch for her. But that was just like a moment of fear for me because I'm so attached to my clients getting results. But right after that, I was like, I'm going to take your money. Like, like, I can't wait to take your money, you know, because in, in the sense that I want her to invest in herself, I believed so much in Lisa and what she was capable of. And I was so frustrated to see that she wasn't getting the results that she wanted that I happily, you know, (laughs) took her money, quote unquote, but I mean, she paid for my services and within three months, she made like the most money she'd ever made, which was at that time was $10,000. And then within a year, she made $128,000. And I was like, like, and today, you know, she's been on, um, an Oprah magazine and CNBC and all these things. And I'm just like, you know, we both, Lisa and I look back at those, the, those days where, I mean, she didn't have much hesitation, but sometimes it's, it's scary. And, at the same time, I was like, oh my gosh, like the best investment just always reminds me, like it's always you. It people are get people get scared, like, oh my gosh, I'm putting money on this credit card, uh, or I'm taking money out of my retirement account. Like you you said it so well, Angie. It's like that's you investing in you is such a better investment than as much as even though you're all financial advisors and stuff, <laughs> like it's way better than a stock, a bond, or mutual fund, um, life insurance policy, whatever, because it's you. Right. There's no cap on you and your ability. And and the most important thing is that you're able to um, just be the best you and put the investment on yourself and grow yourself. And then the business will grow. The business will, all, all that stuff will, will happen if you're putting the right tension. And, um, and I'll add, I think it's really hard for some of us to wrap our head around that, that we are worth investing in. That's yeah. a hard concept for some of us to spend money like thousands of dollars on myself to grow myself, to grow my business. Yeah. That's a hard one. It is, especially women. Again, I go back to women just because uh, like, it's easy for men sometimes to say, Oh, I'm good enough. Gosh, darn it. Like I'm, I'm smart enough. People like me and, and like just (laughs) jump in and, and be a little on the delusional side. And and I have plenty of delusional um, delusional, uh, the delusional side in me as well, but (laughs) Uh, but I also think it's the potential, you know, when you start to see the potential and, and, and especially, like you said, you had three other coaches before me and it's, it's like, eventually you start to see that those investments pay off, especially if if you have the right coach and you're getting the right type of strategies. And it's not just strategies when it comes to what to do, but it's also strategies around mindset and like how to shift your mindset. So you're in the right place, but your mindset, no matter what, like, no matter what the dollar signs say right now, what I think you're getting, uh, or you got emotional about is that, you got to make a choice, create the life that you want. And whether all the dollars, like you said, the millions have hit your bank account or not, they're just out there floating around, ready for you to just grab it because you're in the right place. You're congruent with who you are. You're congruent with what you do. You're congruent with the value you provide. And so the actual dollar amounts don't matter when you have all of those because the money will always come. Right. Money and I've, I totally feel that now. And I did not feel that before. That's, yeah. That's, that's a, that's been an evolution for sure. Yeah. It takes it. Yeah. It takes a lot of belief in yourself. And, um, I like to use my little, uh, shortcut with borrowing the belief. And those of you who don't have that yet, just know someone like Angie, she wasn't there and everyone who has arrived. So, so to speak, which no one really arrives, but everyone who has arrived is like, 
has a story about how they struggled and has a story about how they didn't have the confidence. They didn't have the conviction. They didn't, they, they had a lot of fear. And so wherever you are listening to this, um, I think this is great to have Angie here to be so real with you. So vulnerable. Um, and to just remind you that you can design your business the way you want to support your life. So, um, where, where can they find you if they want to reach out? sounds like, uh, um, yeah, probably my website, a V E A F P.com, Avea FP.com. Cool. So check around on aveafp.com. Mm-hmm. Any last words of wisdom? <laughs> uh, yeah, just, you know, I wasn't a natural born entrepreneur. Uh, this is something I've had to learn. And that was also part of this struggle early on is that and why I've sought out um, help from people like you and other business coaches is because I wanted to be a smart business person. I want to be a good financial advisor. I want to grow my business to support my life. So, you know, I, I really do recommend finding your people, finding your team, the people who can support you, just like you're supporting your clients. We need support as well. I'm a solo advisor, especially someone like me needs support from people like you, Robin. So I appreciate it. I want to thank you for what you do for all of us as well. The content you put out and things like that is very valuable. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for having awesome. me on today. And, you know, you're reminding me too, because the first way we met was through my uh, tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So if anyone is listening right now and you have not done the appointment generator challenge, make sure to go to, fe- go to femalefinancialadvisors.com. Um, hopefully by the time you listen to this, there's one up and coming, but check out <laughs> femalefinancialadvisors.com. And if not, it'll take you to something going on and make sure you get involved in the community, get involved in this. And, 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 number one problem that I see is just how to attract the right people. So that's the thing I focus on first, but it's so much more than that. As you know, and you're talking about being alone, it's a community. It's being surrounded by women, not just, you know, the old boys club and men in the industry um, and being able to, to actually celebrate your wins and then be, be vulnerable about your challenges. It's so crucial for, for everyone to have that in this space, because especially now with not having, you know, a lot of people to hang out with all the time and, and, and have that support, you need it more than ever. So go ahead to femalefinancialadvisor.com, check out Angie at aveafp.com and we will see you next time uh, on this lovely podcast, growing your financial business, the woman's way. Bye-bye. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.